You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Praise God. Staying above in an unbelieving world, part three. Kindly make sure you are writing your notes and you're giving rapt attention to the word. So just like we heard in the recap, we're looking at how we believers are meant to stay above in an unbelieving world. We must face the fact that the world is full of darkness. And so we must call the world what the world is. If we want to make the world what it is not or call it what it is not, it will make the word of God a lie in our minds. So the first understanding we need to have is to call what the world is what it is in the light of the word praise god so if you look at mark 16 15 right after jesus had rebuked them he gave them a command so right after rebuke he didn't stop them because they are saved so the their unbelief did not take away their salvation, but it would have impeded their progress in their journey of salvation. So right after the rebuke, he said to them, go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news of the gospel to every creature of the whole human race. Now, what are they going to publish? What are they going to speak? The reason why Jesus had to rebuke them because everything that they are going to say would come from the perspective of his resurrection. And therefore, if they did not believe that he had resurrected, would have made foolish the gospel. So after he had healed their unbelief and they were now sure of the evidence by the written word, which produced his presence with them in resurrection, he sent them out. He said, go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news. The good news, like I said, is the gospel. And the Greek is evangelion. Comes from two words, eu, eu, which is good by nature, conduct and deed. Angelion, messenger. So the good news actually refers to <laughs> news that has the nature, conduct and deed of good along with its messenger. So Jesus himself is the bearer of the message. He rose from the dead. He conquered hell. He conquered sin, death, and the devil. He brings us good news in his resurrection. So the good news is personified. The good news is a person. It is personified in the embodiment of the work that he did. That's why it becomes his office. That's why at the name of Jesus, every knee bows. And every tongue confesses that he is Lord. So he personifies, like I said, what he has done. And the embodiment of what he has accomplished. So he says, go and preach. The word preach is the word caruso. It's the word caruso. It means Loud, announce, proclaim, not in whispers. 
So you want to proclaim the word, announce it publicly. That's why Paul in Romans 1.16 would say, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Christ. For it is God's power working unto salvation. For deliverance from eternal death to everyone who believes with a personal trust and confidence surrender and firm reliance to the Jews first and also to the Greek. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Paul is actually confirming the nature, the attitude of how we declare the gospel. It is good news. It is authentic. It is real. We cannot be ashamed of it. We speak it with power. We speak it with boldness. That's exactly why anytime you saw the apostles speaking in the word, they were speaking boldly. As a matter of fact, they saw their boldness and they knew they had been with Christ. Why? Because they now have the assurance, the evidence that what we are sharing is real. There's no other good news as powerful as this. Why? Because this good news fits everyone. The rich, the poor, the white, the black, the yellow, the blue, the master, the servant. Praise God. Because for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Praise God. So like we saw the example of the unbelieving in Numbers 13, 32. They slandered God's promise. What did God say? God said, I've given you the land. Go in and possess. It was very simple. Very, very simple. Just like Jesus was telling them, Go and preach the gospel. Go and share the good news. Go. It's the same thing. Go, I've given you the land. And they said, no, we are not able. Very, very, it looks very ordinary. And that's how we can be negative on God's word. Sometimes you have not careful. You say, oh, I'm just being sincere. And some of us use the term, I'm being real. You know the thing. How real is your reality? <laughs> I'm being practical. I'm not a pretender. Or a hypocrite. We saw in the example in Numbers. God, they did not, sorry, they did not stop themselves because they said um, there are giants in the land. They were real. They did not stop themselves because they said, well, the land even eats its own people. And we are like grasshoppers in their eyes. Well, that's how they're seeing it. God and the promise is not affected in any way by that. Not at all. I mean, why? If they said all of that and they still said, but because God said we should go in and possess it, we will possess it, they would have received the promise. Praise God. So you see, the problem was the fact that what they saw had an effect on their belief in God's promise. Here. Are you here with me? They didn't have faith in what God had promised to overcome whatever they saw with their eyes. Whatever they felt whatever they were told. So anytime you hear, anytime you see, anytime you are told and you say based on what you are told that I cannot do it, it becomes an evil heart. It becomes an evil report. What it means is that God is not true. I don't believe it. That's why you never exalt anybody's experience, testimonies, or report above the, the word of God. Did you hear what I just said? You don't do what? Exalt. Anybody's what? Experience or testimonies or report above the word of God. Never. Never. 
Never. Please note this. The written word is the basis for all beliefs. Praise God. Say the written word is the basis for my belief. 2 Timothy 3, 16, every scripture is God breathed. In other words, given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience and for training in righteousness. In other words, holy living in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. Anybody that takes God's word and they see God's word as profitable for instruction, clear, they will come to the end. It would actually bring them into training in righteousness. Praise God. They will live in God's intent, in God's purpose, in God's action. Is that very simple? That's it. All right, so how we receive the word determines the effect of our lives. Praise God. 2 Peter 1, 20 to 21. Yet, first you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture it's a matter of any personal or private or special interpretation. Did you hear that? Oh, did you hear that? Yes. So it doesn't come by the figment of people's imagination. No. No. You have no idea the authenticity of God's word. And the process of screening that the word went through before it is called the Bible. You have no idea. And that's why there's no book that has sold out like the Bible all time. No book. And that's why you don't bring your personal ideas, experiences into interpreting scripture. Let the word of God explain itself. The word of God is consistent with God's character. If God is eternal, his word is eternal. If God is true, his word is true. So nobody relies on the word of God and will be derailed. It's not possible. 21, for no prophecy ever originated because some man willed it. Did you see that? In other words, to do so, it never came by human impulse. Okay? So when you hear preachings where the person is preaching and they are not, you know, a pulseless preaching, and, and, and it means that it's powerful. No. Because listen to me very carefully. It is not, yes, somebody can be preaching pulseless, but it is authentic, but it doesn't mean that the, the moment you hear somebody preaching and, and, and they are sweating hard, and when somebody wakes up and said, I saw, I saw. Whatever you hear the word says, forget about it. I saw. God, this one, God himself spoke to me. He's a liar. He's a manipulator. It's not by human impulse. It, listen to me. Big English doesn't mean correct doctrine. <laughs> doesn't mean so. Can be speaking very good English, but everything you're saying is wrong. Somebody can be a pastor for several years and may have a very popular voice. It doesn't mean what they are saying is right. It doesn't mean so. So you see, make sure you are listening to God's word. Because if God's word is mixed with the word of men, it becomes a lie. If you tell me that grace comes with works and you must balance it. Now, you are bringing your human impulse into the word of God. Why? Because with human beings, when I do something, you must do something to complement what I have done. That is human nature. Praise God. Is that true? Wait. How many of you know the fruit of the Spirit? If you know the fruit of the Spirit, lift up your hands. How many of you know the gifts of the Spirit? Okay. When the Bible was talking about the works of the flesh, he used works. 
When he was talking about the spirit, he used fruit. Oh, talk to me. Why did he use fruit? And with the flesh, he used works. Because that one comes from you. But fruit of the spirit is of his nature. So he works in you to bear the fruit. In the same way, when it comes to the gifts, why did he call it gifts of the spirit? Because you have nothing to do with it. He gives it freely. They're gifts. Praise God. So you see, the reason why we are talking about unbelief is the only way that hinders him from doing sheesh. What he has already done in you. What he has already finished in you. You are the one who is not receiving to live what he has already made you. Praise God. Who is responsible for sowing the seed in the ground? Is it the farmer? Is it the farmer? Is it the seed? Is the farmer? Okay, who is responsible for watering it? Wow. Who is responsible for pruning it? And when the tree is bearing fruit, did he work it by itself? It is what the farmer did. All the tree must do, the seed must do, is to receive what the farmer is giving it. That's what belief does. Praise God. That's why he said, but men spoke from God who were born along, moved and impelled by the Holy Spirit. They didn't speak of themselves. They didn't speak of their minds. They spoke the mind of the Spirit. Praise God. Luke 24, verse 25, 44 and 45. And Jesus said to them, oh, foolish ones. Jesus didn't insult them. He was rebuking them. Look at it. The explanation is given there. Sluggish in mind. Dull of perception. Are you understanding it? Yes. So it's not your today fool. And slow of heart to believe. In other words, adhere to and trust in and rely on everything that the prophets have spoken. So everything that was happening had already been prophesied publicly. It is the knowledge of everyone in Israel, but they didn't pay attention to details. Praise God. So he brought the attention to the facts. Was it not necessary and essentially fitting that the Christ, the Messiah, should suffer all these things before entering into his glory, his majesty and splendor? Watch 27. Then beginning with Moses and throughout all the prophets, that it started with Genesis and through the five books, through all the prophets, he went on explaining and interpreting to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning and referring to himself. So he's telling them, you're worried about what is happening. If you knew the scriptures, you knew the word, it will actually be your day of celebration. You know, we sing this song, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made, we will rejoice, we will rejoice. For most of us, we think that, oh, it's a new day. When David was speaking to that, that was not what he was talking about. This is the day of the Lord. David was referring to the day when Christ will resurrect. The day of salvation. All right? So that's what he was talking about. It's not a new day. That, oh, that's not what it is. All right? So it's very important to understand that the scriptures... The Old Testament speaks to everything that happened to the Christ. It happened right before their eyes. But because they didn't know the word, they couldn't bring to, into interpretation what was happening. It's the same as believer who doesn't know the word. Is it true? When things are happening around them, they don't even understand. They can see the move of the spirit and think it's the devil. <laughs> because they don't know the ways of God. Praise God. 44. 
45. Then he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything which is written concerning me in the law of Moses and in the prophets, the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he thoroughly opened their minds to understand the scriptures. I pray that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, you understand the hope of your calling and the glorious riches of the inheritance in the saints. Praise God. All right. So there's no way a Christian can wake up and say, me, I know the way God speaks to me. And everything he's saying is not in the word. Or they'll say, I want God to personally speak to me. I'm sorry. God has put everything in his word. If you know the word, you will know God. Oh, praise God. That's why he just opened their eyes. He opened what? The eyes. Did he tell them anything different? No. Everything he told them had already been what? Written. They were not seeing it. So if then he didn't tell them anything new, why would he tell them something new now? It's a lie. Search the scriptures. Search the word. Praise God. All right. So anybody who says that, they are opening themselves up to the devil. Yeah. The moment you hear people talking like that, oh, I want God to personally, uh, not the word, not the word. I want God to, I want to encounter God for, for, for myself, especially. You are opening up yourself for demons. It is hardness of heart. Because the hardness of heart we are talking about, the unbelief, is against the written word of God. Praise God. Are you getting the point? Yes. How did he cure their unbelief? He opened them up to the word, to the written word. Praise God. That I've shown you the evidence in the word. You have not believed. The evidence is in the word. Praise God. So there is no greater revelation outside and above the written word of God. Write it down. I think it's a good pointer. There is no greater revelation outside or above the written word of God. So if you're going to stay above in an unbelieving world, you must believe the written word. Praise God. You must believe what? Or you must believe what? You must believe the written word and not the world. And not the world. And not the world. Why? Because the gospel contains positive talks. I'll give you some differences. The gospel contains what? Positive talks. The world. The word. The world talks about sin. The word talks about righteousness. The world talks about disgrace. The word talks about grace. The world talks about darkness. The word says you are the light. The world says you are bound. The word says you are free. The world is evil. The kingdom of light, the kingdom of the word is good. Whilst the world lives in hate, the word lives in love. Whilst the world calls you condemned, he calls you justified. We were dead in sin. Now we are alive in righteousness. Praise God. The world is temporary. The word is eternal. So why do you allow them to intimidate you? Why do you let them infiltrate your camp with their negativity? Why do you allow them to take charge? Why? How? Where sin abound, grace much more abound. Whilst the world is pushing you down, he's lifting you up. Don't let the world ruffle you with their negativity. You have all that it takes to live above it. Praise God. 
this is how we believe and act. If not, listen, if not, you'll be hearing from the world in your mind without recognizing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how Christianity started? After his public ministry, Christ was killed publicly. So everybody saw him. Everybody saw what he was doing. He had sp been spoken about him several years. And it happened right before their eyes. Christ rose from a public tomb publicly. Christ publicly showed himself to the public. The public told everyone what they saw. How other religions start? A private dream about God. Private angelic encounter about God. Private idea about God. And then one man tells everyone what he saw. We have an authentic gospel. We have an authentic faith. Praise God. That's why Ephesians 2.1 says, And you he made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins. So you are now alive. Everything is dead around you. But you are alive. So don't look around and belittle yourself from within. Don't look from without and see from their perspective. Draw from the word. Praise God. We were like them. We thought like them. We saw like them. We spoke like them. But he made us alive. So we don't see alike anymore. Oh, hello, are you here? We don't see alike anymore. Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't. You see, one of the greatest deceptions, I mean, through movies we watch, you know, and, and, and um, some of even what are taught in schools and all of that is to imagine that Satan works by flying at night. And, and you see an object. That object is so made powerful. So you watch this movie and you see a cat. And the kinds of things the cat is doing, all human beings are running. Some of you watch these movies and you go and sleep and you begin to dream dreams. <laughs> and from that day when you see a cat, I bind you. The movie has given you an image and a doctrine. The movie has set a belief system in place. Do you know that, listen to me, when you have a superstitious mind, everything that happens, you interpret it superstitiously. It's a great deception. It's a control mechanism so that you don't actually see where the problem is. The greatest manifestation of the devil in the world is not through things. Its greatest manifestation is that the spirit works in the children of disobedience through hardness of heart and unbelief. The devil works in people. All he needs to do is to whisper into their mind and his job is done. And they become the inspiration of whatever they do. <laughs> so you see a well-dressed man, an intellectual, high-end in his Bugatti. And when you start talking to him about the Bible, he laughs in capital letters for five minutes. And he would ask you, you believe that book? Yeah. Why? Because in his mind, the devil has tweeted foolishness. And he has believed it. Are you here with me? He looks at you. I mean, you look at the car interior. You look at the tie, the, the rims and everything. And, and you say, God is good. Yet you start talking with that same person about God. Who blessed him with what he has? And he says, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. What he has is not evil. The one in whose hands it is, is the one who is evil. Because the spirit of disobedience works in people. Am I speaking to somebody? So don't be fooled. 
at all. Don't let the externals or the exteriors fool you. You can get to a place and it's so developed, very civilized community, riches and wealth are at display, yet they reject the gospel. Why? Because they are in darkness. And even when they see the light, they can see it. The God of this world has blinded the minds of their understanding. Yet you go to another place. Physically, it's like darkness. You see the people not wearing nice clothes. They may not be looking good like you want to see it in the exterior or the external. Look at them and they are very ordinary. And because of the way the world judges, you judge the same. But they have light. They have light. You see, your problem is that now you see in the light of the world, not in the light of Christ. Can I give you an example of the Macedonian church and the Corinthian church? Paul looks at them, the Corinthian church, and calls them canal, which is an abominable word you can't even use for Christians. Man of the flesh. No. They reject good doctrine. They reject accurate knowledge. They argue everything. Paul said, in everything, eh, 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 you, you are good. You talk well. You talk. Talk nice. But you are full of rebellion. And then he looks at the Macedonian church. And he says, their poverty even speaks poverty. Yet in their poverty, they give everything. I always say, so the rich man gives more is a lie. The spiritual man gives more. <laughs> the spiritual man is the one who gives what? More. To the things of God. It's not a rich man. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. When you see any believer that does not give, they are worldly. They are worldly. It's a fact. It's because they are worldly. They think about themselves. They think about other things more. They are worldly. There's no excuse for that. Paul said it in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 6 to 8. He said to that, he said, you, I'm using the Macedonian church as an example to you, the Corinthian church. Titus, make sure that what they started, they finish it. And he said, why am I saying this? Because it will prove the sincerity of their love. Who you love, you give to. Who you love, you give to. As a matter of fact, when you give to somebody you love, and they even want to give you back, you don't want to take it. True or false? Because you so love them. You always want to prove the sincerity of your love to them. It's because of the hardness of heart. We don't believe it. When somebody tells you, oh, give so that you shall be giving, and that's why you are giving, is worldly. Do you know what is? He's training you to be more selfish. It is the breeding ground for selfishness. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. So most believers, why are you giving? I want to receive. I want to receive. I want to receive. It's a lie. There are people who in the world are not giving you to the church, oh, yet they are receiving every time. Because God is good. He gives to the unbeliever and to the world. Believer. So as for God, he's giving. But you prove your sincerity of love to him by giving to his things. Are you getting the point? You are the one. So you, he has supplied you. It is now, the onus is now on you with the softness of heart. Believing in him to say, oh, what he gave me, I'm giving so much. Are you getting the point? So don't sit and do cha-cha with God. No. Praise God. Write this down. You must not see light and darkness in physical things, but in spiritual realities. Praise God. Darkness and light are found in men, not things. Men do things or say things based on the light or darkness in them. 
out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So wherever you see light, there's a man. Wherever you see darkness, there's a man. Whenever you hear darkness, there's a man. Wherever you hear light, there's a man. Things, therefore, take the form of those who made them. Money takes the character of the one who owns it. That's why you see that Jesus never celebrated human innovations outside belief in the word of God. Never. Jesus never celebrated human innovations outside belief in the word of God. And that's why you and I must learn to shame hardness of heart and unbelief and hold on to the written word. Say, I will hold on to the written word. Look at something in Ephesians 5, 8 to 16. For once you were darkness. Did you realize that? You see how sharp it, it is. He said you were what? You were darkness. Do you get the understanding? In other words, your nature was dark. There's nothing good about you and in you. That's the same nature. That's the nature of humanity. Because we carry with us the nature of the fall. But now you are light. Ah, praise God. Not by yourselves in the Lord. So when you see people talking about civilization, enlightenment, and not without the Lord, it will lead to self-destruction. <laughs> and how these days the church praises the world. You are light in the Lord. Watch this. Walk as children of light. So you see, he talks about two natures. So whatever is going to follow is not nature, it's conduct. Does that make sense? By your nature, you bear fruit. Oh, is that clear? By your nature, there is a conduct that comes out. Is that clear? So it is not just you doing it. No. Paul is saying that there is a way you have been wired. So just produce it. Praise God. Show it. Praise God. Live the lives of those native born to the light. Ah, is that very clear now? Yes. For the fruit, so it's effect. What he has already done, the effect now shows in us. The product of the light or the spirit consists in every form of kindly goodness, uprightness of heart, and trueness of life. Unbelief can't find their way. Don't allow it. It's not in your nature. Don't let the world force it to be your character. Some time ago, you were offsprings of darkness. But now you are offsprings of light. Verse 14. Say, therefore. No, no. Say, therefore. I want you to say, so therefore. Is he therefore he says, right? Okay. What is following that? Awake what? Awake what? Awake what? Now, Paul, Paul is not saying that this is quoted by Jesus. He's quoting what Jesus said. He's bringing into summary everything that Jesus said. Are you getting the point? Uh-huh. So it's not that there's a particular verse that says, awake, oh sleeper. No, I must make it clear. Are you getting the point? Like he said, in Genesis, it was not so. Are you getting the point? So you go to Genesis, you find a scripture there. Are you getting the point? And in the summation, he's telling you, God's plan for marriage, it was not so. Are you getting the point? Yes. In this case too, it's the same. And there are many scriptures like that. Okay. 
Like he said, um, it is more blessed, like, uh, like he said, like our Lord said, it is more blessed to give than to, he's summarizing everything Jesus said. Are you getting the point? Yes. That it's a privilege to what? Give rather than to receive. So when you find yourself giving, see it as a privilege. Do you, do you get the point? Yes. It doesn't mean that it was clearly quoted and you know, that's not it. Therefore, he says, awake, oh sleeper, say awake. And arise from the dead. Now, the dead here doesn't mean that you have lost your salvation. That's why he used sleeper. So you have become spiritually unconscious. Most of us have become spiritually unconscious. Arise from the dead and Christ shall shine. Make day dawn upon you and give you light. Praise God. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately. Not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Making the very most of the time. Buying up each opportunity. People use this to preach prosperity. Acquire more wealth. Redeem the time because the days are evil. What has redeeming the time and the days of evil got to do with wealth? Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. We've got to be awake. We can't sleep around. Because if you sleep around, you'll not be able to filter and censor what they say. And you can easily take it in. And very soon, you live like them. You speak like them. You think like them. Tell the next person, awake. Please tell them, awake. Awake. Awake to your true nature. I'll continue next. We want to speak to the Lord. Glorious grace. glorious grace. At the cross, you called it Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.